0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: KFI AM 640. It's later with Mo Kelly. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And when I tell you that I have the best job in the world, let me just give you just a little bit of insight as to why. Mark Ronner was walking by. uh, Tawala and I had the back portion of the offices completely in the dark. And Stefan is laughing because he knows the story I'm getting ready to tell. We had the back portion of the offices. There are about maybe 35 cubicles back there. All of it was dark. Because we wanted the mood to be right. So Tuwala and I could watch at least the first episode of the Disney Plus series Echo. You know, this is for research, of course, to get ready for tonight's show. The whole office was dark. We commandeered all of it so we could watch the show Just so we can bring you at least an episode one (laughs) (laughs) review. Mark walks through. He says, hey, what are you watching? I said, Echo. And and I guess he took umbrage at that because he didn't want us to give us any spoilers away or anything like that. He'll probably watch it later on. Michael Crozier walked through and said, what are you guys watching? He said, Echo. And, And he said, boo. So he's not necessarily on board. But yes, we're going to talk about that tonight. That series dropped. All five episodes on Disney Plus dropped at 6 o'clock. So at 6.05, Tawala and I started watching the first episode together. We didn't have any popcorn, but the ambiance was great.
2: And that was the, that's the lucky part about doing nights because there is literally nobody else in that room. Nobody so there! So you guys had full control <laughs> of everything. It's like
1: we rented out the theater for yeah. ourselves.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotta tell you, though, I didn't think that was why you said you have the best job in the world. I don't know if you noticed this, but there were three free enemas in the break room
0: Yes,
2: (laughs) Yes, did anyone take a a picture of them i meant to take a picture of them well i was i was gonna leave them all for you but i thought well just to be on the safe side you can have two and i'll take one in case one won't do the job for you take two but you know in radio we we enjoy the the swag because you know sometimes relative to other professional occupations may we uh, make as much and so the the swag is a nice little bonus how often do you get a free enema, huh? But the problem is, <laughs> and you buried the lead, the enemas were placed in the kitchen yeah. on a table, which
1: is usually reserved for the free food. Yeah, You know, when you have food that you're just giving away to everyone, you put it on this one particular table. And when I walked in, it first looked like just there were some weird water bottles until you get closer and you realize, ooh, oh, oh, no oh no and I don't know why they were there I don't know if there was like a surplus at Rite Aid I think someone's (laughs) trying to send us a message but you never know what you may find in the kitchen because sometimes they'll drop off hats and swag Uh they'll leave food let's say if gary and shannon had a food guest or fork reporter had a food guest they will put up extra food in the kitchen Mm -hmm. so you know that if you find food on that one particular table there's no sign but it's understood it's community if you want some take it and you don't necessarily know how long it's been sitting out there so it's you know at your own risk.
2: I think this stuff has a healthy shelf life. So today we got some free butt stuff. Congratulations. Yeah, but I wasn't thinking of ingesting it. Well no, other end, other end. I know, that's what I said, but it was on the food table. Yeah, it was it I was mean, the free table, but it was also the food table. It's all connected, grasshopper. <laughs>
1: And we're off already. We have so much good stuff tonight. It's like AM, PM up in here. We're going to talk about what's going on with LAUSD now that the next semester, the new semester is here. There's some things you need to be on the lookout for if you're a parent, if you're a, 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 a student even. A lot of things to watch out for. California, it says it wants to reduce traffic. And Governor Gavin Newsom says that he thinks AI might be able to help. I don't know. He might be right. I'm not so sure about the execution, but I'm all for using science and technology to help alleviate the traffic out here. We'll see what he's up to. And baristas, they won union election at Starbucks. So I guess they're they're now an official union or something like that, or they joined a union or they can spell union or I don't know. Much to the
2: chagrin of the founder. Oh yeah,
1: I, I'll get into that. That'll that'll be before the end of the hour. And of course, we have to talk about what's going on in L.A. more generally, L.A. County. And Judge Craig Mitchell will join us in studio. He's one of twelve candidates for L.A. County District Attorney. He is a, was a, provi- a presiding judge who then stepped down from the bench. And decided to run for LA County DA we're gonna talk to him and hear about his story and vision for LA County at the top of next hour also we usually have a Chris Woolsey come in and tells us what's streaming well he's gonna join us a little bit later tonight at 9 p.m. and we have a Super Bowl update so much more and at the end of the show we'll give you our final review of echo at least That first episode, Tawala and I got to watch it in its entirety. We have some very, very strong thoughts about it, and we're not going to give it away right now. But, but, I have to do this because last night we talked about how cold it supposedly was or wasn't here in Southern California, and now it seems like we have a severe windstorm heading our way. (laughs) Gusty winds are in the forecast for Southern California all this week, which may not mean a lot because uh rain was in the forecast last week, all week, and we didn't see any of that, but there are some severe wind warnings, and there are possibly some dangerous driving conditions. And if you have been just taking a, a, a random sample of just going outside, you could tell that the wind is really blowing and gusting in a in a very strong way. Now, Mark, where you are, are you do, dealing with the winds? I know it was rattling my house all last night.
2: Oh, yeah, big time. It sounds like we're in the middle of a hurricane and, and the house is going to be lifted into the air like. Uh, Wizard like of Oz. Yeah, was, Thank you.
1: Stefan, what about you? Are you hearing? You're feeling? You're dealing with the wind at all?
2: No wind. It was pretty chilly last night. I threw on the jacket, like you said. Not enough heat in there, so <laughs> we're back to the jacket. <laughs> Why do I feel like whenever you bring up uh, any weather-related thing lately, I- I'm like Galileo in the Inquisition here? Because you're responsible for the weather reports at the top of the hour, at the top of the show. So you're you're an easy target. Way to have my back. Love that. Thank you for that. just enough like the opening to the old Prisoner TV series (laughs) that no matter what you intend, I'm going to take that as a compliment.
1: Yes. Well, go ahead and take it as a compliment. What people may not know is last night, if you listen to the podcast, there are like maybe two or three second gaps where I stopped talking. Because of the wind yesterday, it was really bothering my sinuses and my allergies. So I was sneezing incessantly during the show last night and i was using what they call the cough button to turn off my mic to make sure everyone didn't hear it but if you if you were really paying attention there are like gaps in my my speech it's like why did he just stop talking there because i was sneezing uncontrollably usually it doesn't bother me when i'm on air for like for some reason my mind will turn off that portion of my brain so i don't sneeze and i relatively don't cough all that often but last night i was just dealing with really bad allergies and with this wind high wind advisory it's going to get much worse for me. It won't be cold in my place, but it will be windy around it.
2: I'm not sure how to take that, but I will admit that when I moved to L.A. Uh, five years ago, it really kicked in allergies. I never knew I had, and uh, I, I thought I was going to have to get some bionic throat action going on here because I thought, I, I, I thought there was something seriously wrong. I had never had allergies before I moved here, and so I didn't know what they were supposed to feel like, so I thought... Do I have throat cancer? What's <laughs>
1: happening to me? That's not unusual. I didn't develop my allergies until well into my adulthood. And whenever it's windy, and usually in the spring, my allergies are at their worst, and I will sneeze incessantly for hours on end. And sometimes I'll take a Benadryl if it's close enough to bedtime and that will help. But other than that, I just can't... I'll have sneezing fits, which could be making it very dangerous for me to drive, because when I sneeze, it's like a whole body convulsion.
2: Oh, yeah. Same. Same. Uh, My grandpa used to shake the whole house when he did it, and I picked that up from him. But it's nice how we pick these things up as we age, there's an old saying that nature essentially tries to kill you when you're about 39 and it doesn't stop. And it's just through all these artificial means of about the last hundred years or so that we've just about doubled our lifespans.
1: I used to laugh at my dad for the way he would sneeze. It was this violent convulsion, contortion. He would have to let everyone in the house know that he was sneezing. And I was saying like, why are you why the performative sneeze? It's just, it's, achew, that's all you need to do, daddy. That's all you need to do. And he was like, ah! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now I am him. I am that guy, and it's like, okay, now I get it. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Daddy. (laughs) It's later with Mo Kelly. KFI AM six forty. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. When we come back, we have that LAUSD update for you. Five things to look out for this coming semester.
2: You're listening to Later with Mo Kelly on demand from KFI AM six forty.
1: KFI AM 640. It's later with Mo Kelly live everywhere on the iHeartRadio radio app. And hopefully those crumb snatchers are out of the house and they're back to school. Hopefully, hopefully you'll have your space at least during the day. If you should happen to work at home or remotely, or if you like to wall sharp, you have to unfortunately drive the kids all around town and then go to your job, and then pick up the kids, and get them home, or bring them here for a second job. And, you know, I don't know how you do it, to Walla. <laughs> but the new semester has begun specifically for LAUSD, and here are some things to look out for. Now, we know because of the pandemic, there was a greater emphasis, and also, I would say, focus on on trying to lessen, if not eradicate, learning loss. That was something I think everyone was very uh, aware of. You know, Kids were falling behind. How do you uh, make up that gap where we understood when kids would go home for the summer, that was one thing. They weren't in school or class for like three months. But the pandemic took it to a whole other level where even though they might have been in online class, they were not retaining information and they were falling further behind. Well, LAUSD has put a strong emphasis on trying to close that learning loss gap. Uh, They've included individual and small group tutoring before, during, and after school. And in October of 2023, this most recent October, only 42.2% of LAUSD students were meeting or exceeding English standards set by the state. So to that end, during this most uh, recent winter break, The district offered students additional academic support through its winter learning academy. About 43,000 students attended in person. Another 130,000 took advantage of online learning during the break. So if you're worried about your child and you're, and you're in the LAUSD system and you're wondering whether he or she is keeping up or you're aware that they're not keeping up, that may be an alternative or an additional uh, option to help your children stay um, up to date as far as uh, their their classes, their academics and in a, a supervisory position, since uh, they're going to be two new uh, comers to the school board districts one and five. As President Jackie Goldberg and board member George McKenna will not be seeking re-election when their terms when their terms expire in this coming December. As a result, there are 18 candidates vying for the four seats. And I'm all good with the change because what they have right now and arguably who they have right now is not working. That's the second thing to look out for. Third, and speaking of COVID and the pandemic, in September of 2024, the district will face the expiration of all pandemic-era federal relief funds. And if you're wondering how much, well, LAUSD received more than $5.6 billion dollars from the elementary and secondary school emergency relief fund, and they used it to support the salaries of more than two thousand employees, as well as mental health, counseling, and academic programs for students. So with the end of that money, likely means the ends of those positions. That's something you need to look out for and may impact you or your or your child directly. Uh something else to look out for in this coming semester. I would say um, an ongoing issue has been declining enrollment. LAUSD has long been dealing with the issue of declining student enrollment for a number of reasons. But let me give you some specific statistics. Enrollment has dropped by 100,000 students in LAUSD just over the last eight years. Going from 639,000, and that was back in 2015, 2016, now down to 538,000 in the 2022-2023 school year. According to published reports, they say it's because of declining birth rates and rising cost of living, pushing families out of L.A. I I can't say one way or the other. But currently, about 420,000 students are enrolled in district-run schools And another 118,000 students attend charter schools within the district. And anyone who's been a parent or had any dealings with LAUSD knows that when there are fewer students, there is less funding from the state. So the decline in enrollment impacts the the overall quality of the schools, the facilities, um, the services, and also the textbooks which are offered. So all that works hand in hand. But I can only talk about it from a more abstract standpoint because I don't have any direct involvement with LAUSD anymore. But Tawala, you have a more day-to-day direct involvement uh, as a parent, as an administrator. What do you make of this?
3: So far, I a couple things stand out. One is the after-school uh and during school tutoring, which my son is taking advantage of, uh, and cause this is his final, uh, final, you know, term. He's like, you know, come this May, he's out, you know, this is it. He'll uh-huh. be graduating. So he's doing everything he can. Wait, to that
1: little it. boy I met 12, 13 years ago?
3: Yeah. Graduating? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. He'll be graduating this year. Oh my gosh. Uh, so I know he is taking advantage of this and, He's taking advantage of it because during the pandemic, he did suffer, uh, his learning at home suffered, you know, greatly because it's just like, yeah, you're at the house. Uh, I'm at work. His mother's at work and we're relying on him to go on and get on class. And, it's like, and be responsible, and be responsible, but learning, uh, from the bed, you know, or in your robe or whatever, or you put on a shirt and you can turn the cameras off because once that law was passed, every kid was back asleep. They would just have, uh, their computers on. Um, I think that the the loss in learning and and the blow that that had is is significant I think across the board. Um one thing that I do see that stands out about this is that LAUSD is suffering as a whole. And when I think about LAUSD and I think about all of the school districts in Southern California that are also suffering and I think about all of that the thing that actually stands out to me the most is why are we as a state pushing stupid things like gender neutral toy sections when our school systems are suffering so bad why are why are we about to lose billions of dollars in i would say necessary funding because you made the funding necessary because you saw the shortfall that covid had but we're not out of that and come this September, we're going to lose all of that. We're going from, you know, 5.6 billion to nothing. That is going to have a significant impact on education as a whole when it comes to having individuals available for mm-hmm. past the 2020, yep. 2023, 2024 learning year. If we're not going to have, say, round, uh, round the clock touring, because I'd say morning, you know, noon and, and, uh, after school, that's a lot of, of, Of education is going to be lost if you're going to lose teacher aides, if you're not going to have online learning available at all, if you're going to have to cut back or maybe call back some of those computers that you sent out, this is a lot. This also impacts, I would say, uh, the diet uh, and, and the cafeteria system. Because today, picked up my daughter. She's like, I literally didn't eat anything today because school lunch was atrocious. It was absolutely horrible. I'm starving. And so if you have a school lunch that's or you have kids who are hungry because they don't want to eat the food because the food is trash. Our education system is failing. Th- this is all bad. And I don't see anything good in this report. Oh, great. That was very cheery. Well, thank you for that uplifting review
1: of LAUSD. So just it's all gone to hell. It's just all gone to pot. Thanks. Thanks for that. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: You're listening to Later with Mo Kelly on demand from KFI AM 640.
1: AM 640 is later with Mo Kelly live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And I wasn't clear last segment if you wanted to see. We were discussing in the first segment about how free stuff ends up in the kitchen when you work here. And there are a number of radio stations. It's not like if just KFI leaves something in the kitchen is for KFI um, employees. You'll have AM 570. Uh, You may have someone come down from the fifth floor where we have... um, uh, real 92 three or my FM, you know, they will come down because that's where our vending machines are here on our floor. And if a guest comes in with food or maybe there is, uh, some free stuff they may send to the studio, if there's too much or there's extra, they'll put it in the kitchen and it's the first table when you walk in the kitchen. Everyone knows there's no sign on it. It's just if it's on the table, you can take it. Well, today, instead of putting food or swag, someone left three enemas, and um, it was confusing to me because at first glance, I thought maybe they left some special water bottles or something, and then you got closer, and you looked at them and realized, oh, that's not water for consumption, and um, they're left on the table where food is usually left. And people usually don't believe us, so I got Stefan to take a picture of it, and he sent it to me. And I posted it on my Instagram, at Mr. Mo Kelly, M-R-M-O-K-E-L-L-Y. Not making this up. Someone actually left it there. So if you are constipated and you need a laxative in your life, um, KFI and iHeartRadio, they they have your backside.
2: Ideal for a giveaway for the uh, cult movie night. (laughs) I can't do it. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Not to my listeners. No, no. (laughs) Some of them might need it. You'd be doing them a solid, so to speak. (laughs) Okay, I'll give you that one. Give it to him. He earned that one.
1: (laughs) But to be serious for a moment, I was really over last uh, segment, so this is going to be quick. But California wants to reduce traffic, and our governor thinks AI can help. I don't know if he's the one to make the suggestion, but I don't disagree with them as far as using technology to alleviate traffic. Have you ever been, let's say, in an older portion of a neighborhood or one which doesn't necessarily have as many funds to spend on transportation? You notice you're sitting at a light And it's just red for no particular reason. It's just red. There's no traffic coming in the other direction. You know it's just on a timer. And you're going to sit there until that timer expires. It's not synchronized with the other lights. It's not uh, triggered by traffic. And you think like why is it they haven't updated the technology? Why is not they haven't uh, synchronized and sequenced all the lights on a given street? Some cities there are. But many cities and many portions of LA, they haven't sequenced the lights. And so you're just, you're just blocking the flow of traffic unnecessarily. Well, Caltrans is teaming up with other state agencies and is asking technology companies to come up with some generative artificial intelligence tools by January 25th, little more than two weeks from now. And submit them and, and in ways that they could help California reduce traffic and make roads safer, especially for pedestrians, cyclists and scooter riders. I don't care about them. I only care about me and my driving, my commute, make my commute easier. I don't care about pedestrians. Well, generative AI tools such as chat GPT, we know can quickly produce text messages, uh, images, other content, but the technology from what we understand can also help brainstorm these other programs and predictive ideas which could help with traffic and this request um it shows how state agencies are trying to incorporate ai in a meaningful and a present day form which can change our lives here and now and the state's plan is potentially to use ai to help alleviate these traffic jams and we'll see if we can actually develop something which can be done. Now, From if you didn't know, presently, the state currently uses technology to help analyze traffic data. But that's relying on people power. That's relying on people analyzing data and then trying to make recommendations and improvements which could be applied in the future as opposed to using AI and having real-time data and having the technology created and implemented which could um, ease the flow of traffic on highways and also traffic lights. They should have been doing this years ago. And if, if you live in my part of town, you'll be sitting on at a light forever. 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 And there's nothing coming in the other direction. I can't speak for where, well, Stefan is near me, so he knows what I'm dealing with. But I don't know where you are, Mark, but are your lights uh, sequence and, and triggered where if there's nobody coming, it'll change.
2: It's not the lights that are the problem uh, where I am. Uh, I'll just say that some birds were administered on the way into the office today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, you I handed them out like free enemas. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan's being stingy tonight.
1: It's not on me. Yeah, what's going on with this? I don't know. He's just being stingy. Wow. I didn't say you had to. I was just making a statement of fact. You're late now.
2: I'll take it.
1: It's Later with Mo Kelly, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And when we come back, we have another Starbucks Union update. And I'm not so sure I know what to think about it.
2: You're listening to Later with Mo Kelly on demand from KFI AM 640. I need a double shot of pure caffeine. And the indie band on the speaker soothes my brain. So I'll remain within the sounds of Starbucks. KFI AM
1: 640, it's Later with Mo Kelly, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And I'll be the first to admit, I may not be the best source for this story. Because I don't drink coffee. You're a Mormon, I knew it. I knew it. No, no, no. If you know anything about the Mormon church, you know I'm not part of the Mormon church. No,
2: sir. I thought I saw um, some temple garments peeking out from <laughs> under your uh, your, nope. your your polo shirt there. Nope, 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 nope. nope, nope just an undershirt. Nothing else. Okie
1: doke. But I admit, as someone who is not necessarily part of the coffee class, the folks who go to Starbucks, the folks who are really into the Vente, the, the Venti, Tall, Grande, Mocha, coca you know, double espresso. I'm not into that. That has never been me. So I may know that I ha- have a somewhat less informed view of what goes on at Starbucks. But I can offer some thoughts on the fight for L.A. baristas to unionize. And with an 11 to 3 vote, which was delivered on Friday the 4th, uh, January 4th, There is now the 33rd California location to join Starbucks Workers United. And this move to organize has been growing pretty rapidly with more than 370 Starbucks stores in 41 states in Washington, D.C., all unionizing since December of 2021. Locally, in terms of Southern California, that includes locations in Long Beach, Los Angeles, Anaheim and Huntington Beach. And the reason for unionization, if you talk to different employees, they say that um, there is a disparity in pay. Uh, the starting wage for Starbucks employees in California is $17 an hour. But they've drafted a contract and also looking at fast food workers. They want it to be in concert with that and equal to that where they would be making $20 an hour. And, and here's something else. Um, Starbucks uh, workers, they're alleging that not only have, uh, have management been working and uh, not negotiating in good faith, they've been penalizing workers who have voted for the union. And according to three dozen separate decisions, federal judges have found that Starbucks committed more than 300 violations. Have to sneeze. See, I told you this is a real thing. 300 violations of federal labor law, and the violations include 38 unlawful firings, refusing to bargain, and unlawfully providing non-union workers higher wages and better benefits than workers who voted to join the union. So there is evidence to support the need for the union, but I don't know if I agree with the reasons for the total in the totality of forming the union, in the bigger picture of of things, I don't know long term if I would want to be a part of a union for a part time job. If that makes sense, am I wrong, Mark, for thinking
2: that? It sounds venti unscrupulous uh, the way they treat their employees. I, <clears throat> you and I, I don't think have ever agreed on uh, the old. Um, If you don't like the rules where you work, go someplace else thing. Because I think if workers are being treated unfairly, it's the unfair treatment that should change. And you shouldn't have to go to a different place to work. I agree
1: and disagree. I wouldn't say that if you don't like to to work at certain place, And if you're being treated unfairly, that's different from not just liking where you work. I mean, if there are labor issues, then of course you meet the labor issues head on. But at the same time, I think we should also be honest that you're hopefully not trying to stay at that position or stay in that portion of the industry long term. I don't believe in, in forming a union to get just get higher than minimum wage. I should believe that, that dreams and, and uh, uh, direction in life should be bigger than that.
2: Yeah, but all sorts of studies have shown that people in those kind of fast food, what you would think of as an entry-level job, are full-grown adults. It's not just kids in high school.
1: Oh No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying um, if there – how should I explain this? Because I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. If your job is minimum wage in a general sense – you are replaceable. Can we agree on that? Well, we're all replaceable. Well, though. okay, but you're more likely to be replaced and there is a, um, a, a an overwhelming market of people who can do your job. In other words, if you're a barista, if you're working fast food, you are not necessarily trained and integral to your job to the point where if if you should disappear
2: and quit that you couldn't be replaced. Is that a fair statement? I suppose so, but I gotta tell you, I couldn't make one of those charming little drawings with the foam on top of somebody's coffee. You're actually making my
1: point now by mocking it.
2: I I wouldn't dream of mocking you. I take you far too seriously ever to mock you. You would never dream of mocking me. No, but you would just mock me in real life. Please proceed, Senator. No.
1: (laughs) Reclaiming my time. Yes, yes. Reclaiming my time. You gotta
2: put this, you really do have to put this in the context, though, of Starbucks and Schultz. Going out of their way just to step on anybody who tries to unionize and and get just fair conditions in the workplace. I mean, you can't look at this in an isolated fashion. They've really made a long-term thing out of like closing down places where, where they're unionizing. And, and you read some of the things yeah. just, just yep. a few moments ago. It really seems fairly underhanded, doesn't it? No, I, I agree it's underhanded. I don't know if
1: unionization... On this level, and it's very local in nature because they're unionizing relative to each location, not necessarily under a master umbrella, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know if it's going to actually afford them the types of protections that they're looking for. I don't know if they're going to get $20 an hour and let's say other benefits. I don't know if it's going to lead to that. Now, could it lead to some job security? Maybe. Maybe there'll be more of an emphasis and a spotlight placed on some of the work practices. But I don't know if you need the, the union for that.
2: I don't know. I mean, without getting too much into our personal histories, I am not somebody to whom it is an article of faith that unions are always right no matter what. Neither uh, am I. <laughs> however, they in the case of Starbucks, they certainly do seem to have a point.
1: Hmm, okay, I'll grant you that
2: well, thank you no it's
1: like, it's not like it's not like I'm trying to be right with you. I'm just saying, and I admit it from the very beginning, maybe I'm not the person who has the best vantage point because I'm not a part of that culture where I can go in and see every single day uh work conditions and things that they are dealing with and things that they need to
2: um rectify well, let's pretend you're Howard Schultz for just a moment okay uh and you notice that this is becoming a trend around the country at this massive uh, business that you have built from the ground up. It, you must be thinking that it's telling you something if the your employees, so many of your employees, feel that they must do this because there's something they're not getting from you that they think they need. Okay, since I'm being Howard Schultz for the moment yes, before we please, go to break, please. the
1: first thing I would think of is like, are they replaceable? Yes. Okay, then. If they don't like it, they'll quit. What, this brings us back to the first thing I said no but I'm, but I'm saying I'm a capitalist and I will let the market decide if Starbucks gets to the point where people refuse to work for the corporation or it is financially, Um, disadvantaged, they're disadvantageous for them to continue in that capacity, the way they treat employees, then the market will bear itself out and Starbucks will be a thing of the past. They will fail to be able to do business the way they've been doing business.
2: We're both capitalists down to our DNA. It's how we were born. It's where we were brought up. Uh, So that's not really a point of contention between the two of us. It, and I don't think Starbucks is really hurting for dough either. N- I mean, n- none of these corporations are hurting for dough. We're talking about degrees of greed. Exactly. Thank you. Oh, we agree. Thank God for that. Look at the time. <laughs> <laughs> the last word to Mark. No, both Rahner. of us. No. Okay. It was a photo finish. Full bandwidth stimulation.
0: KFI. And
2: KOST HD2.
0: Los Angeles, Orange County. Live everywhere.